The Ranks of the Dead. Sandra Belvista 124B dreamt a tiny hand was touching her cheek. She opened her eyes. Her enmity visor woke with her and the first thing she thought about was editing her lunch request. Last night her body update showed a negative 0.175 metabolism change. A quick alteration to her meal should fix it. She raised her hand and brought up the appropriate menu. Subtract estrogen from supplements and add quicklean. There, all done. As she closed the menu, she thought she felt a hand touch her upper arm. Looking down, she saw nothing there. She tapped the calibration toggle on the visor just to double check. Nothing. She would have to request a central air recalibration to see if that fixed these random odd feelings she'd been having lately. After getting dressed and eating the minimal allowed breakfast for her nutritional plan, she headed to the door, which automatically summoned her transportation. As the hatch to the small craft slid open, she saw a small leather bag sitting on one of the two seats in the craft. Someone was forgetful. Now I have one more thing to deal with today. She said out loud to no one. She picked up the bag and sat in the seat where it had been left. It looked quite old and worn, almost like something someone might throw away. It had no lock or autoclasp, so she opened it and saw only a small flat box inside. There was nothing written on it, and it wasn't wrapped. Knowing she was being monitored, she still let her curiosity get the better of her and removed the box. If she was questioned, it would be easy to explain that she was searching for some kind of information about the owner, even though that was all automatically available at any public service interface. The plain white box had nothing holding its lid on, so she slid it off and looked inside. Immediately, she was greeted by a piece of dirty paper with the words, To Mom, written in unpracticed handwriting. Looks like someone's mother's not getting her gift, she thought. Removing the note, underneath she saw a beautiful pendant on a white metal chain. It was iridescent and in the shape of a violet. There was some kind of holographic effect causing beautiful waves of light to emanate from it. It was very pretty, like something she might actually wear. She held the open box closer and tilted it gently back and forth, watching the patterns of light. Suddenly the transport came to a halt. She had arrived at work. As she disembarked, she noticed a service interface and headed towards it. Welcome to Bell Vista Service, Sandra. How can I be of assistance? Oh, uh, I've found this bag in my transport. Can you help me find the owner? She told the service interface. Certainly. Place the item on the panel. The lit panel she was addressing shifted on its axis to orient itself horizontally and she hastily stuffed the gift inside the leather bag and placed it on top. This item is not registered. No ownership data available. Please take this item to the nearest security access for processing. Damn it. Sandra said, snatching the bag off the panel. Thank you, she melodically but robotically said as she felt her schedule getting much more hectic. I can't turn this in, she thought. It may be stolen. Then the crime data will be reported to Belle Vista. It's not worth the negative report. She opened the bag once more, removing the gift box, and stuffed it into her purse. Walking toward a cleaning bin, she gave the bag one more quick once over and then placed it in the trash compartment. The bag was stained and well-worn. Apart from maybe sentimental, it had no apparent value. She could safely throw it away without risking a property damage report. The cleaning bin rolled away on its brush and circle wheels, ripping and shredding the leather bag inside it. 
Once at her desk, she opened her only locking drawer to leave the box and worry about it some other time. Then she thought better of it. Her entire desk, even the locked drawer, was scanned hourly. While she was debating this, a window popped open on her visor as she sat down. Did you forget? A warmly smiling man asked from the video call window. Oh, Matt, no, I... It's been... Lunch, yes, you and me. Sorry, I didn't confirm. Things have been so busy, she stammered. I kind of thought so. This afternoon's still okay. Matt asked her. Sure. Oh, wait, no, I mean, the lunch request expired. So, uh, dinner? She managed to reply. He really did have amazing eyes. Great, see you then. She pressed the confirmation button for their revised dinner date that appeared over the left side of his handsomely square jaw. Looking forward to it, Matt said as his window blinked closed. Almost blew that, she thought, relieved she didn't ruin anything and that her matching service was still producing a steady stream of matches. Almost automatically, she tapped the profile tab on her call log and brought up his information. Matt Crystal Castle, 255A, age 35, height 190 centimetres, weight 80 kilograms. The screen continued listing his personal information and she began skimming. It was almost identical to her previous match, right down to the location tag. Crystal Castle was a rank 1A property. The system seemed to only present her with romantic opportunities that would also elevate her standing, if things worked out. So far they had not. The closest she had come was with the biggest mistake of her life. She met a man while using an alternative laundry service when Bell Vista had an in-house labour dispute. Paul Stillwater, 017C, he was working there, obviously lower class and probably only skilled in repairing laundry equipment. But somehow she gave him her information. They dated. Horrible mistake. Stillwater 017C, rank 4D. Worst idea of her life. Never should have happened. Her life advisor instructed her to look forward, never back. She refocused on Matt's profile. Looks good. Let's see where this goes, she thought, as she flipped open her work screen and tried to get something done before lunch. You work for Enmity? Must be interesting work she said and chased the last few pasta shells around with her fork. She could taste the change in her supplement and it ruined the flavour of the meal. Got recruited right out of school. It isn't as interesting as you think. I do mostly interface integration, but there is something interesting that nobody... Matt paused. I am really not supposed to talk about it, at least not on a first date. He smiled that smile that won him this dinner date. Ask me some other time. Okay, Mr. Presumptuous. Keep your interesting secret. Better not ask me about my sister then. It is probably just some new push button genocide you guys secretly implemented without telling anyone. She joked, nervously glancing at where she thought the recording system might be. Who told you? He joked back, just as dessert and coffee were brought to the table. Dessert was a gorgeous, flavourless paste. The coffee had been stripped of anything you might drink coffee for, but she still smiled through it. That was nice, she said as they walked outside the restaurant towards the transport area. I should be... He pulled her close and kissed her in front of the open transport hatch, just as she was making her excuse to leave. Come see my place, he said after their lips parted. Public physical affection warnings were flashing on both their visors. Looks like we have someone's attention, he smiled. She was completely swept up and followed him into the transport. Things hadn't moved this fast for her since her big mistake, but a crystal castle mistake is probably better than one at Stillwater. So she left on her first visit to a 1A property. 
As they departed the transport and approached the entrance, she was already overwhelmed. Beautiful, she whispered. She stared wide-eyed at the grand archway and the layers of perfectly lit glass and crystal detailing. They approached the security desk. It was marble-topped and far too elegant to be imposing. They passed the sensors with his arm on her shoulder. Suddenly an alarm sounded. Unregistered items forbidden. Please dispose of or cease ingress. The alarm message repeated. It had now spread to her visor display. With the additional warning reading, Rank 2B not permitted to carry unregistered items on 1A properties. Sorry about this. He tried to comfort her. Should have explained the security would be a little tighter. What's in your bag? He asked. Nothing. Nothing at all. Why would I carry anything unregistered? She suddenly remembered the box from this morning. She flipped her purse onto the counter and dug for the box. It's nothing. I can throw it away. Sorry for all the trouble. She fumbled around, finding the box and looking for somewhere to toss it. It fell open. The note slid out on the security counter, perfectly oriented for Matt to read the childish writing. Do you have children? He looked puzzled. No, no, it's nothing. I've never been married. Why would I have a kid? It was left inside my transport this morning. I just didn't have time to get to security. I forgot, actually. She nervously spouted her excuse. It's okay. Don't worry. Let's just step away from security. I know how to fix this. As they moved away, the alarm ceased. Fortunately, no one else was at the entrance to witness the disturbance. They both knew it didn't mean no one noticed. Give me your visor, he said. Did you forget you're dealing with a professional? He reached for the tiny arch of platinum perched on the bridge of her nose. Is it okay? Are you allowed to? She felt a little tug as he removed her visor. It left a tiny red crescent shape behind on her skin. Don't you ever take this off? He asked. We recommend weekly removal and rebooting to maintain the system updates and to prevent that little mark you have going on on your nose. He smiled. I disabled that reminder. She tried to laugh. Are are you sure that... All done. He replied. Welcome to rank 1A. He said. Wow, really? She said surprised. Don't get too excited. We aren't engaged. He smiled. I just copied my profile over yours temporarily in maintenance mode so you can keep your little mystery box. Definitely a benefit of this rank. You can bring in and out anything you want, no matter how mysterious. Or even anyone. He teased her. She was relieved. He placed the visor back on her nose. The display had a strange black and yellow striped border around the edge, but was otherwise identical. They took the elevator, which was, of course, all glass to his unit. The view was amazing. They reached his door and as they entered were greeted by a repetition of Welcome home, Matt. Welcome home, Matt. They both couldn't resist laughing. After the door closed, she pulled herself to him and continued their kiss from before, this time deeper and more passionate. Don't you want to look around? He asked out of the corner of his kissing mouth. I've seen enough. She replied, pulling their lips apart just long enough to answer. He picked her up and she lifted her legs around him. He carried her to his bedroom while she was pulling out his shirt tails. The bedroom had glass walls that projected over the edge of the building and a glass floor. The bed itself seemed to be floating in the night sky. It made her feel dizzy as they toppled into it. The dizziness never left her until they lay exhausted. The sun brightened just the edges of the night sky. So that's what people mean when they say self-love. He joked. She laughed. Tell me about your sister. 
He then asked her. That was a joke, she smiled. I don't have one. Then tell me about the box, he asked. No, you first, she said. What is the interesting work secret you wouldn't talk about before? Oh, that really not so interesting. Are you sure you want to hear? He asked. She nodded encouragingly. It's just an unknown protocol for the enmity visor. It was implemented years ago with corporate approval, but no public documentation. Kind of morbid, but necessary. It is just a technique to deal with deleted entity data. Someone decides to drop out. They dig out their chip. The entity is deleted. The system doesn't recognize them anymore, but people in the system do. We invented a way to handle the physical leftovers of the dead. That's what we call them, the morbid part. They didn't die, but for the system, they no longer exist. Selective forgetting might be a better way to put it. He explained. Sorry I asked, she said. How is that even possible? We extend the visor to cover almost your entire field of vision. It doesn't allow you to see anyone you know or used to know who's no longer in the system. People tend to not report someone with which they were acquainted. This can allow the dead to take advantage of those in the system. Deleted entities need to be visible to someone to prevent this. Alerted strangers usually inform security. It is a real nightmare when the dead had the service job before dropping out. If they had contact with many people, almost no one can see them. He continued. This protocol doesn't extend to unregistered objects, though. That would interfere with too many high-rank recreations. He gave her a knowing look. Now, tell me about your box. I already told you, she answered. I found it this morning and never had... You can be honest with me. If you're married and needed some excitement, I won't judge you. He stopped her. It's not like that. Do people even do that? Everyone's constantly monitored. She was getting upset. What kind of person do you think I am? Listen, I am trying to understand, but if you aren't going to be honest with me, then I don't want to do this. He sounded frustrated. I need a shower. He said, stood up out of bed and headed toward the bathroom. She just sat there. Why didn't I just throw that thing away or turn it in? She thought. This is ruining everything. She felt tears in her eyes. Wiping them away, she got out of bed and padded into the living room to find her purse. The room was colder than she expected, but the light of the early dawn made everything look so beautiful. Finding her bag, she felt for the box, slid it open and took out the necklace. It glowed and danced with a cold blue light completely different from the colour of the approaching morning. She walked back to the bedroom to watch the sun rising. Naked against the window, she felt completely alone, floating in nothing with the stars now barely visible. Then it all came back to her, the thing that she spent years all her energy and life advice sessions trying to forget came suddenly back to her. Nothing mattered. It was all a lie. The beautiful view, the rising sun, even the perfect man she laid with last night were nothing. She dug at her arm with her fingernails where she knew she was chipped. It was going to take a lot more than nails if she wanted it gone. I want out of this, she said aloud. She put on her clothes and walked out the door leaving her purse behind. Goodbye, Matt. She whispered to the distant sound of the shower. Goodbye, Matt, the door said as it closed. On the ride down in the elevator, she fastened the necklace around her neck. She had no idea what to do next. The elevator doors opened and she made her way past security. She walked out of the most beautiful place she had ever seen. As she left the building, her visor kept waking with its maintenance border and series of error messages. Outside the front door was a dishevelled man holding hands with a small girl in the same messy condition. Alert security, unregistered dead. 
Her visor flashed. She removed it from her nose and tossed it at the ground. Paul? She asked. I think she likes the gift, he said to the girl. Enmity Stories. This story was brought to you by the Enmity Corporation. Read by Lee Anderson. For more stories, please visit EnmityCorp.com or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. <laughs>